I want to start off today and ask a question, just a couple of different questions. Uh, first question is this, who here likes Ford? Now that's your brand. Who, who likes Ford? Uh, if you'll raise your hand, who likes Ford? Few people. Who here likes Chevy or GMC? All right. Some of y'all must be walking, looks like. <laughs> if I were to ask you why, and there's people, they love Ford, and they like uh, the, the old 7.3 diesel, they like the new Power Stroke, or they like Chevy, and they like whatever, the ride about Chevy. If I were to ask them, what about the differences in those? Uh, that would be the things that would help them sway, whether they like Ford or Chevy. It really comes down uh, to the differences. Let me ask you this today, and you, you raise your hand. Who likes to eat at McDonald's? Who likes to eat at McDonald's? You're in a hurry, you got lunch, go buy and eat at McDonald's. There's a chunk of you like to eat at McDonald's. Um, I don't like to admit it, but I like to swing by sometimes and eat at McDonald's. Who would rather eat at McBride's? You'd raise your hand. Evidently, a bunch of us would rather eat at McBride's. Uh, by itself, you think, you know what, I'd, I'd go to McDonald's. It's a good place. Uh, but when it's compared to McBride's and I'm going to get a ribeye there, uh, no way am I going to McDonald's first. And again, it's about the differences in those two things. Let me ask you this question, and we may beat somebody up here today, but who likes the New England Patriots? Who likes the New England Patriots? Don't raise your hand. Oh, there's a couple did it. Who likes the Dallas Cowboys? <laughs> two hands go up. I'm going to ask you the difference. You know, same, same number of guys on the roster, same goal for those guys. What is the difference? And you say, well, it's Inflategate or it's Tom Brady. It all comes down to the differences. Uh, the truth is, life is made up of differences. And we make choices based upon differences. Sometimes there are problems that happen because of differences. Well, did you know today the truth is, as Christians... Uh, we are to be different. We are to be seen, we are to be observed as different because we are different. Now, that's the truth. We're to be different because we are different. Today it seems, and I'm afraid maybe we've lost that perspective today, uh, and, and for some reason it seems the goal today is to fit in. Uh, the goal is to become part of the culture. And, and, and for our kids, we want them to fit in. and We want them to look like the culture. And for our homes and for the jobs and the, the things that we do. Well, it's even come into our Christian life, into the church today. It seems that the goal is to be to be accepted, uh, to fit into the culture. And, and I watch today in, in the church, we celebrate when the world accepts uh, Christianity. We'll say, man, they asked somebody to pray at that event. We, we had this, and they asked somebody to come and, and do some religious thing there. And we celebrate when the world seems to embrace Christianity. And then the same thing when, when Christianity starts to look like the world. Well, man, look at our church. We have this, and we have that, and we start to celebrate that as well. And it seems the goal has become to be accepted, to, to fit in. Well, the truth is, as biblical Christians... As biblical followers of Jesus Christ, that is not our goal. In fact, if we're truly followers of Jesus Christ, uh, led by God's word, it's really not even possible. Our goal is not to fit in. Because of, of who we follow, we are to be different because we are different. I'm thinking about that today. I'm thinking about these, these verses we're getting ready to look at. And as I think about it, I can't help but think about what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. 
The old has passed away. Behold, take a look, the new has come. And you think about that just right there. You know what? The old is gone. The new has come. They're different. We're different. I'm different when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. Our goal is not to fit in, but our goal is to be different. Well, today in, in 1 Peter, we've been going through 1 Peter verse by verse. We're going to continue. Uh, we're in the second chapter, but we're going to see how and why we would be different as followers of Jesus Christ. And that's what we're going to see. We're going to look at just two verses today, but we're going to see three things. We're going to see that we have different actions. We're going to see that we have different motives. And we're going to see that we seek a different result. How and why we're different as Christians. We have a different action. We have a different motive. And we seek a different result. First thing we're going to look at is a different action. First Peter chapter 2 and I'm going to read the 11th verse. It says this, Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts which wage war against the soul. Listen to that again. I urge you, beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts which wage war against the soul. First thing I see there is he says, Beloved. I think that's very interesting. Peter here uh, is talking to some people that have been persecuted because of their faith in Christ. They've, they've been attacked and they've been persecuted. Times are tough for these guys. So he addresses them as beloved. Beloved. It's a tough thing. It's a tough situation. But I, but I think it's important to see this. Even in a tough situation, he still tells them the truth. Sometimes when things are tough, well, we, we'll pull back on the truth. You know what? You're persecuted. It's tough. It's a hard time. I address you as beloved, but even in a tough time, he still tells them the truth. He says, I urge you as aliens and strangers. Now, remember, they're, they're there. Now, they put their faith in Christ. Their family, some of them disown them. They're persecuted. Most of them are, are disowned. Uh, some of them have been chased out of town. Some of them have been beaten and put in prison. So they're now living in a strange place, a strange land, not because they wanted to, not because it was, was going to be a better place, but because they've been persecuted and pushed out where they left. I think there's two meanings here when he says uh, aliens and strangers, two, a twofold meaning. The first thing is this. They were honestly strangers in a strange land. So when he says, you know what, hey, you guys, this isn't where you came from. They were honestly strangers in a strange land. But I also think it holds a bigger sense that now as Christians, and this is where it transfers to us, they are now, because of their faith in Christ, also strangers in a strange land. Today as Christians, we are strangers in a strange land. You know what? This world's not our home. The Bible says that. Our citizenship's not here. Our citizenship, our loyalty belongs somewhere else. And so you know what? As a follower of Christ, we are strangers. We are aliens in a foreign land. Then he says this, abstain. I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain. Uh, the Greek word for abstain here means to hold back from or to resist against or just what it says, to abstain. And it, it has the, the tense that it's something you do but it's something you keep on doing. You, you hold back from something, but you also continue to hold back. You, you resist something, but you also continue to resist something. And it says this, the fleshly lusts which wage war against the soul. He says, beloved, as strangers in a strange land, abstain, push back against 
the fleshly lust which wage war against the soul. Fleshly lust, when we see that, I think we're quick to say uh, sexual sins. And I think for sure it includes sexual sins. When, when Paul talks about the lust of our flesh, he lists some sometimes our sexual sins. But really, it's talking about a greater sense here, any sin that we do in our flesh, any evil that we take up in our flesh, any evil action that we take up as humans, abstain from those things, push back against those things. Uh, the sin in our life that it says here wages war against our soul. I think he's very deliberate in those words, wages war. Well, I put my faith in Christ and so I've conquered all my sin. Well, I've been going to church for nine months and so what, you know what, I, I've conquered my desire, my flesh to enter back into those sins. No, think about a war for just a second. War is not a battle. War is not shock and awe where you show up and blow everything up. A, a war many times is a long effort. It is a tough effort. It's a hard effort. Some of you here have been to war. You know what? It's, a, it's an effort that requires sacrifice and an effort to endure in it. Notice this, the word war. It's also aggressive. You know what? Your sin aggressively comes, and it's, you know what? it's something I have to fight against, and it works both ways. I have to aggressively push back. I have to aggressively abstain from those things. And so we see here in this first verse, we have different actions as followers of Jesus Christ. The truth is this. We have to live differently. As followers of Jesus Christ, we are to live differently. We're not to live like the world we exist in. We're not to make excuses for, for why we've done the things we do. Um, sometimes we think, well, I'll just lean on God's grace and he'll forgive me and he'll understand these sins. No, we're to live differently as followers of Jesus Christ. We're to abstain. We're to push back against those sins. We have a different action. All right, moving to verse 12. We also have a different motive. Listen to verse 12. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles so that in the thing that they slander you as evildoers, they may because of your good deeds. Now I'm gonna stop there. I'm gonna break the verse in half. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles. Now the word Gentiles here, he's thinking of lost people, pagans. So when he says Gentiles, we're Gentiles now, but in his context, he's thinking a Gentile person is a, is a lost person. Keep your behavior excellent among the lost people. So in the thing that which they slander you as evildoers, that they may because of your good deeds. We have a different motive. Let me tell you this, and maybe you've already figured it out. Lost people are watching Christians not to see their good deeds, not to see their good lives, but rather they are watching to see your bad deeds. They're watching to see the mess-ups that you have in life. The Bible says so that they can slander you as an evildoer. What that means is this. Sometimes I think, well, they're, they're looking to see my good deeds and I'm living such a good life in front of these folks. No, lost people are watching you and they're watching for your evil deeds. They're watching for where you enter into sin so they can step back and say, you know what, I knew it wasn't gonna last. You know what, they're not, like any, they're not any different than me. They're not any different than my neighbors. And they look at them, look what they've done. And they slander, they point to us as evildoers. Lost people, listen to me, are watching to see if you fail. And here's the truth. And they love it when we do. 
Lost people love it when a Christian falls. Sometimes I think Christians are, are pretty sorry too. and We love it when Christians fall as well. But you know what? Lost people love it and they look to Christians so they can slander them when they fall. When you became a Christian, let me tell you the truth. And, and we're sitting here in a men's lunch. I'm going to be honest with you. When you put your faith in Christ, when you decided in God's empowerment and in the leading of God's truth is word, that you were going to have the guts to stand up as a person that didn't shrink into the culture. When you said, you know what, I'm going to live as a follower of Jesus Christ and that is my priority, the world started to watch you to see if you'd fail. The world actually started to root against you that you'd never succeed. And the world is watching to see if you go down. That's the truth of the world we live in. The truth is for us, however, our motivation is different. They want to see us fail, but you know what? We want to see God glorified in our actions. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, Jesus says, Let your light shine in such a way that they see your good work and glorify your Father who is in heaven. You know what? We have a different motivation. They want to see us fail. We want them to see God. We want to see Him glory through our, His glory through our actions. And the last thing we see is as Christians, we seek a different result. As Christians, we seek a different result. Let me read the, read the last part of the verse. Keep your behavior, I'm going to read it all. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles so that in the thing that they slander you as evildoers, that because of your good deeds as they observe them, glorify God in the day of our visitation. That because of your good deeds as they observe them would glorify God in the day of their visitation. What that means is this. We desire the result of how we live. We desire the result of, of how we go through our days that people would see God and they would see his power. Not that they would see our willpower. It doesn't make it. Not that they would see our resolve. You know what, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not going there anyway. I'm gonna look different. Not that they would see our resolve, but that they would see a life that has been changed by the power of a living God and they would say, you know what, I knew him. But look at this. I see a life that has changed and I see the power of a living God and that they would glorify and they would honor him. Listen to those two verses again. Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts, which wage war against the soul. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. Truth is this. I believe the greatest testimony to our Savior, Jesus Christ, the greatest confirmation today to the, to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ is the miracle of a life that has been changed. Oh, I want to see this. I want to see fire fall. And I want to see this. And I want to see miracles. I want to tell you, I want to see a man that in his sorry sin put his faith in Jesus Christ and he was transformed and he's changed because of the power of a living God. Greatest confirmation of our Savior, Jesus Christ. To some guy, you know what? With a new action, with a new motivation, desiring a new result to see God glorify, the people say to what there is a living God who reigns today. One of the goals of this men's lunch is that we would be that. 
Sometimes we sit there and think, oh, that's church people. That's, that's church people. One of the goals of this men's lunch is that we would sit here as grown men and we would say, you know what? I want to honor God like that. I want to look like that. Changed by the Spirit of God, led by the Word of God, that we would stand as men of God. And that a lost world would see our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us be that type of witness. Beloved, abstain from these things. Look different. Not that we would be known as a man of resolve, but that he would see Jesus Christ. That's our motivation for his glory. I'm going to ask if you'll stand. I'll lead us in a word of prayer. Glad you were here today. Let's pray. During Father, we come. We're thankful for you. First off, we just come. Tell you we love you because you're full of grace and you're full of mercy. And not one of us here have earned anything from you. Sure haven't earned our salvation. And yet you're graceful, full of grace and mercy. And you extend it. Show it to us through Jesus Christ that we can be forgiven. Not one of us has gotten too far away. Not one of us has sinned too much. Not one of us has rejected you enough that you said, my love doesn't exist through you and hasn't shown it to us through Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for that. I pray that as men here today, we will put our faith in you. Pray for some in this room that haven't done that, that maybe in the, the hearing of your word today, today they would put their faith in you. But then I pray as saved men, saved by the grace of God, that we would start to look differently. We would exist as a new creation. That we would abstain from the things of the world, that the people would see a changed life and glorify God. Help us in that. Encourage us in that. Strengthen us in that. Remind us of that. Forgive us where we get off track. We still do, yes. But help us to glorify you with our daily lives. We love you and we praise you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.